0: All right, it is Sunday August August. I'm going to say it one more time. August 2nd, 2020. Melissa and James, this is the popular vote. Melissa, it's already August. How are you?
1: I can't believe it's August. Um that's it's time is both going by so quickly and so slowly. Um but I'm doing great. I'm celebrating an important milestone in my life. Oh my um, God. a family member blocked me on Facebook for the first time.
0: <laughs> and <laughs>
1: I feel like that's cause for celebration. She is, um, she's not immediate family. She's like my mom's cousin um, and she is very, very pro-Trump, which whatever, uh, Uh very vocal about it. And she shared that uh, Lightfoot is arresting people in Chicago for not wearing masks and not maintaining social distancing. And I said, that is not true. I live in Chicago. Like no one, no one's asking for that. No one's doing that. You live in Florida. Like, I don't, I don't get it. Um, and she told me that I have been brainwashed by the uh left-wing media and that is happening. And then we really got into it over hydroxychloroquine, and then she blocked me. So that was my day yesterday. Also, it's really fun to have to call your parents and be like, Hey, just so you know. <laughs> this happened in case anybody tells you. But
0: um yeah. that's like a badge of honor in today's society. I'm
1: I'm proud of myself, honestly. <laughs> I I I wish we I was close enough with her that like she came to family get togethers, but she uh-huh. lives in Florida. I don't see her super frequently. Um, but yeah, it's it's been fun. But um enough about my my milestone are I hear you might be celebrating your own milestone.
0: Well, you know, first of all, I can't talk enough about what you just said, Melissa, because that really sums up this election in a nutshell, you know, which is like (laughs) being blocked by family members over hydroxychloroquine and made up news (laughs) stories. So first of all, I just want to acknowledge that. Yes, I did have a major milestone this week. Um, So obviously my birthday was last week and I made a promise to myself that I was going to become the type of homosexual that goes to Bath and Body Works this year. Um, And so I made my first ever trip and purchase to Bath and Body Works in Castleton Mall in Indianapolis.
1: (laughs) And what did you purchase?
0: I purchased, I I stuck with soaps this trip because I was like, obviously they've got shower gels. (laughs) Obviously they've got (laughs) cucumber melon, everything. They've got lotions, all sorts of stuff. But I said, you know what, we're just going to stick with hand soaps for now. This is a big pool to get into. I mean, am I right?
1: Yeah, I mean, they have a lot of products, a lot of scents, so many scents. a lot.
0: Well, um, Corey, our mutual friend from high school, and um, I'm going to say quasi-loyal listener because I know he's (laughs) like 20 episodes behind, so quasi-loyal. He told me that rose water and ivy was an amazing scent, and so I got a bunch of rose rose water and ivy hand soap. Mm. (laughs) So I will say the mall was a hot mess. Castleton Mall. If you're in Indianapolis, there's really no reason to ever go there except to go to Bath and Body Works. It was the social distancing Olympics. Um, All of the masks that people were wearing. I will say like it was everyone was wearing a mask over their ears. But a lot of the pulled down over the face, which I still don't understand why you do that other than just say, well, I'm wearing a mask. Yeah. A lot of that. No social distancing. The food court looked like a high school cafeteria. It was, it was a disaster area. So I literally got into Bath and Body Works and I got out of the mall, but um, anyways, so yes, that was my milestone, but um, yeah, I'm, I'm more obsessed with your milestone, but I will have more trips to Bath and Body Works and more scents and products to share in the future. And speaking of fun milestones and trips, I understand that you watched a movie, The High Note, this past week, Correct.
1: I did. I rented it on Amazon and it was worth the $4.99 that I paid for it. So it's with Dakota Johnson and Tracy Ellis Ross. It is not a um, groundbreaking movie. It's about Tracy Ellis Ross, who's like this diva and her personal assistant, Dakota Johnson, who's like an aspiring music producer. It's not groundbreaking. It's, I mean, but it's a good, feel good, escapist movie. Which I think we're all in the market for. So I highly recommend it. It was worth the rental that I did on Amazon Prime. Just yeah, just a feel good movie. It was good. But what did you watch good. this week?
0: Um, real quick, is Dakota Johnson was she in I not is was she in um, what's the bondage movie that everyone was obsessed with?
1: Fifty Shades of Grey. Was that her? Yes.
0: Okay. Cause I'll bring that up later when we get because I have to bring up Dakota Johnson for another segment, but we'll, I, you we'll know get what? there. I
1: know, I know what you're getting at.
0: <laughs> okay, we're <laughs> listeners. Just ignore that. We're going to keep going. I also watched a movie that was, um, I would say, a feel-good, groundbreaking, um, honestly, a disgusting movie. I watched Eyes Wide Shut again. <laughs> um, have you seen this movie, Melissa? I have.
1: I have never seen this movie.
0: Well, you know how people say, like, Die Hard's my favorite Christmas movie. Well, guess mm-hmm. what? Your response, and this is, this is you, Melissa, all of our listeners, from now on, the next, pers- next time someone says Die Hard's their famous favorite Christmas movie, I can't talk, say, Ice Wide Shut's mine, because Ice <laughs> Wide Shut happens during the holidays, but includes wild orgies, sex scenes drug use prostitutes just 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 throw that out there no it's a weird stanley it's stanley kubrick's last movie there's dispute over whether he actually finished it or not by the time he died Hmm. i share a birthday with stanley kubrick so we're basically you know we've got that simpatico thing going but uh the movie's weird i kind of like it i kind of don't i like the potential for what it could have been which is really weird but Basically every time the movie loses me when Nicole Kidman starts talking very very slowly about wanting to fuck this navy lieutenant. So I you know
1: <laughs> Yeah, I've um it's been on my list of movies to watch just to say that I've watched it. Mm. Um and is it is it rated R or is it like NC17? Like how how I think is the it?
0: actual final like theatrical cut was R, but I think you can get like the not rated version,
1: ok. That, yeah, I mean, that's what I'm going to get, obviously. So obviously, <laughs> you, you
0: don't want to have those bars over those breasts. I mean, come on, just let them hang out. <laughs>
1: um, one other thing I want to talk about that I watched this week, and uh, you inspired me. Last week, we talked about supermarket sweep, <clears> throat> and
0: throat>
1: kind of doing a throwback. Um. So I watched Whatever Martha, which is a TV show that was on the Har- Hallmark Channel in the early 2000s. I had no idea this existed until this past week. But the show was Martha Stewart's daughter and her friend. I think it's her friend. Watching old episodes of Martha Stewart's show and just roasting her.
0: Oh, my like, God. I, I watched that. an
1: episode where Martha was making s'mores but it wasn't just smores. Martha found birch twigs in her backyard and oh then God. whittled whittled the ends of them. It, it was like a whole thing and it it was so entertaining to watch her daughter just make fun of her mom Martha Stewart. Um, it's all on YouTube. It's a fun watch. Her daughter's really like deadpan dry humor. It, it was it was really enjoyable. I I uh I recommend it. And I'm also a huge fan of Martha Stewart. Um, so yeah.
0: Oh my God. Well, I'm gonna check that out because that sounds actually really good. That sounds like a good, is it like a 20 minute like little watch?
1: Yes. Mm-hmm. Perfect.
0: I'm all about that. Mm-hmm. So no, yep. that's perfect. So speaking of other fun things, other fan favorites, things that people love um, and especially in 2020, let's talk about Ellen DeGeneres.
1: <laughs> oh My gosh, Ellen. <laughs>
0: Yeah, Uh, I mean, and here's the thing about Ellen DeGeneres, and you can tell me if I'm wrong here, Melissa, but anyone who knows anyone who's worked, I feel like, in the greater Los Angeles area over the last 15 years that, that Ellen's talk show has been on the air has said for years that Ellen is mean, that that show is a hot mess. I mean, this is not anyone who's read any insider trade or just knows anyone that's worked in TV in L.A. knows that Ellen is not a nice person. Am I right?
1: Yeah, th- this has been swirling for a very long time. I I used to talk about how I I thought Ellen was just a jerk, and people would give me a hard time like, "No, not Ellen."
0: Mm-hmm. I'm like, "This
1: is this is a well-known like it's well-known gossip that this is, she's just mm-hmm. awful to not only her employees, but other guests on her show." And now that so many people are coming out and and saying it or what I'm enjoying more is people posting clips of her interviewing people and it's clear it's clear that she's just a jerk, right? Like uh, paging,
0: she's just, paging Dakota Johnson.
1: <laughs> Did yeah, you see so that, that interview. Uh, oh my gosh. Yeah. My so, yeah. amazing.
0: So for our listeners that don't know Dakota Johnson was a guest on the show and And Dakota dropped that she had a recent birthday party. And Ellen goes, well, I wasn't invited. And Dakota goes, well, actually you were. And Dakota's really nice about it. She goes, well, actually you were invited. And she was like, no, I wasn't. And she was like, no, you were. And like, and it turns out she was invited. And like, Mm -hmm. and like the whole bit just unravels. And you can tell Dakota Johnson's never going to be on that show again. Am I
1: right? Yeah. Oh, she's never gonna be on that show again. But I love that so many people are like go Dakota Johnson for, mm-hmm. for not playing along mm-hmm. as if, you know, she didn't actually invite Ellen. Um, and the interesting thing about that entire interview was Ellen never apologized. No, not once.
0: Never, not once. Not
1: once. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it it was a very uncomfortable interview to watch because it wasn't, it wasn't just a 45 second conversation about the birthday party. It was a minutes long and they went back and forth and one of the producers got involved and was like, Oh, you, Ellen, you had something going on that weekend. That's why you didn't go. Like it it was just, it was a very, very, very uncomfortable. And I'm, I'm glad to see that this is coming to the surface Mm -hmm. and more people are realizing that she is just kind of a huge jerk. I don't know what's going to happen to her show though. What do you think is going to happen?
0: I don't know. I mean, I will say this. So I think she, if you notice, she's there's now this internal investigation that her production company's doing. Mm-hmm. And they're doing because apparently there was like racial stuff going on, like sexual harassment stuff, possibly. I mean, this is all alleged. Even yeah. Ellen is mean alleged. I am not there, you're not me, whatever. But there's an internal like company investigation involved with like HR now. She's kind of throwing, I feel like her public statement that she put out apologizing for it was like, I take responsibility. And then she like throws her producers under the bus. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know. I will say this though. I feel like Ellen did generous if if she's if let's let's assume that this ellen is mean persona came about with her talk show you know i do think that she's kind of in this weird box because think about it when she came out in the 90s when she had that successful sitcom and after she came out it tanked in the ratings you know i feel like she's probably got to have this chip on her shoulder that she has to be this happy 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 straight america friendly lesbian um, it has to be a certain way. And that's got to be taxing on your personal life because she knows that she has to be the role model, perfect lesbian on screen in order to gain acceptance in middle America. Yeah. Right. So mm-hmm. I kind of on one hand sympathize with her because she's thinking, well, I've lost my show. I lost my show once when I was really nice and trying to be authentic myself. And now I try to give people what they want and I'm going to get rejected. But I I don't know if the show is going to continue, though. I don't know. We'll see what happens. I mean, if it continues to sell, I don't know if ratings and
1: yeah so who okay let's say her show does get canceled who is your dream replacement for a daytime talk show
0: well Queen Latifah tried to have a show once and she's my preferred like DL lesbian to host anything <laughs> Queen Latifah uh-huh. on the DL um,
1: uh-huh.
0: I don't know why who do, who do you think would be good
1: um, I would love to see Martha Stewart kind of evolve her brand into a fun talk show. I think she has shown that she's, she's pretty good with, you know, interviewing guests. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like she had like that, like all these cooking episodes with like Snoop Dogg.
0: Mm-hmm. Anyway,
1: I think that she would be a fun, a fun talk show host.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Maybe her, either, I want someone either like at the... Twilight of their career. No Uh offense Martha Stewart, but she's in that, you know, put in those pool pics and stuff. Um, Or I want someone, I want like a Gen Z or a millennial, like fun. Do you Mm -hmm. know what I mean? Like I want someone, I want someone like completely either fresh faced or I want someone who's like reinventing themselves at the twilight of their career.
1: Yeah. I Yeah. I would agree. (laughs) Yeah.
0: So, well... Speaking of the other plot twist for the new villains of 2020, can we talk about Meghan and Harry?
1: Oh my gosh, Meghan and Harry. So, okay, I have so much to say about Meghan and Harry. I am so into the royal family. I think that 2020 has also turned on the two of them. And I, you know, as an American, I was so excited for Meghan Markle to be part of the royal family. Um, as an American, as a fellow Soho House member, I I was a huge fan of her. Uh, And I know a lot of people uh, say that she was treated really unfairly in the press um, because she's uh, biracial. And I think that that's very true. But I, I think that that's true. And I think what can also be true is just a variety of PR missteps from the both of them. And I think that that, that is, kind of where they've ended up currently where Megan is suing these tabloids for you know invading her privacy publishing these letters from her dad and it's like it's it comes across as really tone deaf given everything else that's going on in the world and also she lost those lawsuits now she has to pay like eighty some thousand dollars um and then they have this well let me rephrase a book is coming out about them called Uh, called Finding Freedom.
0: Oh, I heard about this.
1: And I think it's dropping this week, maybe, maybe next week. And it's, I mean, in the royal gossip circles, everyone seems to be on the same page that they absolutely had something to do with this book. Uh, They were absolutely really involved in it. Um, And again- They they
0: claim they were not though, correct?
1: Correct, correct. Um, And again, it's really really tone deaf, right? This book covers, you know, these feuds between Kate Middleton and Meghan Markle and, you know, all this other stuff. And they seem to be, get, be forgetting this bigger picture that there's a lot more going on in the world. And while I don't doubt that some of the things that happened to them were really unfair and probably very, very racist as well. But I, I think they think people care a lot more than they really do. If they had just laid low and kind of, you know let people focus on what's going on in the world. I think people would have a much better perception of them, but because they keep like releasing these news articles or this book, it's just like no one, no one cares as much as you think they do. And they just come across as these really self-absorbed narcissists. So I, and I I think that I, I think overall people are kind of turning on them a little bit. I'm just, yeah. I mean, it's not to the level of Ellen, but I think the perception of them has definitely changed.
0: Yeah, I definitely think there've been a lot of PR missteps um, based on what you just told me and what I've read in all of the, if you go to like blindgossip.com, I swear every other blind gossip is about Meghan and Harry and it's not positive.
1: Yeah, it's, um, yeah, it's not.
0: Mm-hmm. And, it, and it's never, and it's never, the weird thing is this, they're always, it's never, it never makes, it makes Harry look like the unwitting accomplice.
1: Yeah, I, I don't know if that's true. I don't, I don't think that's true. fair.
0: But they always. But have you noticed that they always? Every blind item is like, "Oh, he just doesn't know any better." Like every single. I. That, am I right though on that? That that's how it's portrayed in a lot of circles.
1: Yeah, it, I I agree with that. I don't think that's really fair to Megan. Um, like and, these are two
0: adults that have made choices.
1: Yeah, they're two adults in their mid thirties. Yeah,
0: they're older than us. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> Considerably older than us. <laughs>
1: yeah. Yeah. So I, um, I mean, I'm still, I still follow that couple. I'm just, I hope I run into them one day in LA, but I'm not. At
0: Sussex Royal. Oh wait, just Sussex now? Can, Cause remember they have to take the Royal off of all their handles. Did you hear about that?
1: Yeah. I think she's still like Duchess of Su- Sussex, but she's not H-R-8, HRH, HRH, right. uh, Her Royal Highness. And they can't use Royal in any way. <laughs>
0: Oh gosh. Well, speaking of not being able to use anything in any way, let's talk about the new proposed TikTok ban. (laughs) which by the way, did you hear that, um, speaking of this kind of goes, before we talk about this real quick, did you hear about Claudia Conway returned? Yes. Yes. And that she wants AOC to be her mom.
1: I I did not hear about that.
0: Does that Um, surprise you though, given what we know about Claudia Conway? Absolutely not.
1: It does not surprise me at all. I just love that Claudia somehow finds her way back on social media, even though at this point, her parents have probably taken her phone away from her and her computer. Yet somehow, somehow she pops back up. If we ever
0: make merch, which we've talked about, off the Mm -hmm. podcast um free claudia (laughs) can we have free claudia conway shirts that's what we need let us know if you want free claudia conway shirts on our instagram page i'll put up something this week about it and see if anyone would buy them yeah (laughs) oh Um, gosh all right well going back to the the proposed TikTok ban
1: yeah i uh, i have two theories about this Mm mm-hmm I think Trump is really just angry over what happened in Tulsa, Oklahoma, where a ton of TikTokers just signed up to attend the rally and it turns out no one really went. Um and also part of me thinks that maybe Kellyanne begged Trump to get rid of TikTok because of Claudia's actions. Bingo. Um but but in reality it's it, he, Trump is kind of picking and choosing, and I, I I find that problematic. I don't doubt that TikTok is concerning, right? Because they're, they're a Chinese owned company, which isn't an issue, but what is an issue is how they collect data and what they do on it, what they do with it, especially as it relates to the Chinese government, right? Mm-hmm. TikTok is not the only company where this is a concern. And in fact, there's American companies where this is a concern, Facebook being one of them, right? Um, you know, Facebook has given a lot of user data to Chinese companies, right? So it, it, it's it's not just TikTok. And my concern is, it's kind of unfair to just go after TikTok. Uh, and, and in reality, I think it's kind of unfair to go after companies specifically for this kind of stuff. I think what would be more advantageous is um, passing comprehensive data privacy laws like GDPR that exists in Europe. I just gonna um, say we have
0: a European Union.
1: Yeah, um, which would make TikTok and a lot of other products and companies um, illegal until they reform their practices. So I, I think that's a better strategy than just targeting TikTok, which is a bunch of young people that hate Trump. But I'm eager to hear your thoughts.
0: So I definitely I do subscribe to the idea that it is a huge national security threat um, because of the amount of data that they collect. Um, yeah. there's a reason why like you can't have it on your phone if you. If, well, yeah. Amazon kind of got into it, but like any sort of governmental like TSA, any like DOD, Department of Homeland Security, you can't have it on your phone. Um, yeah. A lot of other companies have said like, if you're using this phone to authenticate your, um, like to do the two um, the two part authentication mm-hmm. with your like logging onto your like computer at work, they're like, you, you should not have TikTok on it. Like there's a lot of, I do think it's a security concern. I personally, though, think that he basically should just said, like, you need to at the very least sell it to an American company like Microsoft.
1: Which is what Microsoft wants to do. Microsoft mm-hmm. wants to yeah. buy it. Or It's Express interesting interest.
0: because, you know, all those people testified last week, John, uh, Bezos mm-hmm. and like we mm-hmm. talked about, uh, they all testified in front of Congress. And what's interesting about that is that what was the one big tech company that wasn't there? Microsoft which yeah. is the which is the antitrust of all antitrust cases you know <laughs> so I mean it's a little funny but no I mean I agree with you I think that it is kind of a matter of picking and choosing but I do see the I mean what is it Chuck Schumer signed a letter I mean Democrats and Republicans have concerns about this issue as as, mm-hmm. as you pointed out I just think it is a little picking and choosing um, and I think that there's a better way to deal with these security concerns that outright banning it cuz all he's doing is swatting a hornet's nest cuz those people who use TikTok now they're all saying they're going to vote we'll see um i certainly hope they do
1: yeah and and a lot of them are also 16 years old so
0: <laughs> <laughs> they didn't say they were going to vote in an election they could be voting in online polls okay <laughs>
1: uh yeah i do think it's picking and choosing and um like he's i i I'm a huge TikTok fan, you know this. But I actually have an open TikTok today and Trump said as early as yesterday he was going to get rid of it and I don't I don't think anything has happened, right? No. 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 I don't think so. Okay.
0: It's over the weekend. I mean, I don't I think he's just at this point I, I don't know. He also said he was going to delay the election. I mean, I, who this is probably a distraction, but but it is a relevant like national security concern. But anyways, speaking of picking and choosing, can we go ahead and talk about the Veep stakes, which was supposed to be selected this week, but apparently now is going to be moved another week to the right. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. I have some thoughts on this because from my understanding, correct me if I'm wrong, I apparently the list has been narrowed down to four people. It's Kamala Harris, mm-hmm. um, Susan Rice, mm-hmm. um, the Congressional Black Caucus Chairwoman, Karen Bass, who's a congresswoman mm-hmm. from LA, and apparently Elizabeth Warren is still in the running. What I read that I read that Elizabeth Warren was still in the running. I don't think she's really in the running, but I read that she was.
1: Interesting. okay. Um, okay. But
0: there could be a dark horse pick. I mean, for a while, um, Tammy Duckworth was being kind of seriously vetted I. Yeah. Right. Um, and so there are some other people, but I have some thoughts, but I want to hear yours first.
1: Um, I don't I actually don't have a lot of thoughts about this. I My money is gonna be on Kamala. Not that I think that she's the best pick. I think I would prefer Susan Rice, mm-hmm. um, but I think it's I think it's going to be Kamala because she's she's a bulldog, right? And um, I think that could be advantageous for Biden, um, and I think people might respond to that uh, uh, very positively. But that's I don't know what are, what are your thoughts.
0: So here's what I think. First of all, I up until this past weekend, I was thinking it actually was going to be Representative Karen Bass because she's a physician's assistant, civil rights leader, and chair of the Congressional mm-hmm. Black Caucus. And I just feel like for the time, she's a very savvy choice. However, the first mm-hmm. thing that came out about her that was like a negative press story was that she had praised Fidel Castro when he died, which is problematic in Florida, a battleground state.
1: Yes, it is. Mm -hmm. And then the
0: second thing that came up was she in like 2010 went to this church of Scientology event and praised the church of Scientology. And so with that, I was like, girl, you had your one strike with Fidel, which she walked back and she's already tried to walk back the church of Scientology thing. But I was like, girl, stop. Like, I think we're done with you. But I, I do think I do like her a lot. And I think that she would possibly be a good vice president for him, but I don't think in campaign mode, she'd be good.
1: Yeah. I, I don't think Biden's opposed to the Scientology vote, like really bringing <laughs> that in. So maybe that's part of the strategy.
0: There's a lot of money there, gold there's base. Of, yeah,
1: there's an alarming amount of people that are Scientologists, <laughs> hey, and the there's crit- no alarming
0: <laughs> Clearwater's flag base. So Clearwater, Florida. <laughs> hello, what? You know, you kind of cancel. You, you piss off half the Cubans, but then you get the Scientology and Clearwater vote. Yeah. You know? it could mm-hmm. be a strategy. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm gonna go. I actually think so. I think. There are reasons to pick Kamala Harris, but I don't think he's gonna pick Kamala Harris. I think he's gonna pick Susan Rice. Okay. And here's why. Ooh. Chris Dodd, who is like his longtime um, Chris Dodd was a former senator from Connecticut who ran for president in 08, has no has no neck, if you ever see him, like visually has no neck. Um, <laughs> and it seems to be an affable mainstream Democrat, but he's kind of running the VP search. Well, he leaked to Politico, I think, and some other outlets, that Kamala had absolutely no remorse for her comments about Joe Biden during that debate about racial busing, mm-hmm. and like leaked all this negative shit about Kamala. And I was just like, why are you doing this? Well, I don't think she's gonna, I think that she was leading, and I think he did that to kind of throw her under the bus. Mm-hmm. But I really think that Biden, here's here's my reasoning. I think in, in, a normal, in a normal presidential election year, I think Kamala Harris would be the right pick. Because okay. you need a pit bull to go. The VP is always a pit bull.
1: Yeah, they're mm-hmm. always a
0: pit bull. But in this election, you don't want a pit bull because you don't want to be on the headlines and the front pages. And so, picking Susan Rice is actually an incredibly bland. I mean, I like Susan Rice, but mm-hmm. it's a boring, uninspiring choice. I mean, she's been in Washington basically her whole career. She's very yeah. smart. She'd be a very good vice president. And I think Joe Biden really likes and respects her from their basically eight years that they worked together in the Obama White House. I think that they have the closest relationship and I think Joe Biden's going to pick her because he knows that she's not going to be on the front page. She gave a really good defense of Benghazi, which is the one time she really stepped in it um, on The View this past week that made perfect sense where she just pointed out all the same crap that Trump did Mm -hmm. that totally just neutered the argument. I think he's going to go with Susan Rice. Because because we don't want this election. If you're a Democrat, you don't want it to be a choice of Trump versus Biden. You want it to be a referendum on Trump. And so yeah. having Kamala try to go toe to toe, we don't need that.
1: Yeah, that's a really good point. Um, and like I said, I I hope it's Susan Rice. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm leaning towards.
0: I, I don't know. Kamala. I don't know. I mean, I mean, look, it's still very well. Because here's the other thing. Kamala uh, Biden had notes about Kamala Harris that the AP snabbed a photo of because he had notes in his hand and they were like handwritten. And it was like, it was like five really nice things about like, it was like reasons why Kamala is great or something like, and and who knows, maybe that was like a plant, you know, to throw people off mm-hmm. that it's that, Oh, maybe it still is Kamala. Cause that came out, that list came out like a couple days after the Dodd story leaked that had negative information about Kamala. But I, I don't know, so it could. I still think, like, I still think most people, like, if you were betting money, most most people who follow politics would put money on Kamala. But mm-hmm. I think that Susan Rice is actually probably, like, if they think about what would be good for this specific election in a pandemic, I think Susan Rice would be best.
1: And, and Susan Rice can speak to the the ridiculousness of Benghazi. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's like kind of the ridiculousness of Republicans um, m- more than any other VP candidate can. And I think that people are really sick of kind of this BS and those, what, 10, 10 different Benghazi hearings is just, it is, it is one of the most ridiculous things that the Republicans did in the last 20 years, in my opinion. Um, and, I, you know, I mentioned this in like our first Veepstakes mm-hmm. uh, roundup. I'm here for the drama. Like I want Susan Rice (laughs) to bring up Benghazi, right? Like I want Susan Rice to really showcase, like how how. Much that was just political theater and a huge waste of everybody's time.
0: Well, and that's exactly what she said on The View. She said, Look, mm-hmm. we had the four, well, I think it was four dead American soldiers in Niger, you know, during the first year of Trump administration. She goes, Nothing was, you know, there were yeah. huge testimonies over that or congressional hearings. And then she brought up, she goes, And then at the very end, kind of her mic drop comment, she talked about a few other incidents. She goes, And right now we have over 150,000 dead Americans due to COVID-19, due to the administration not taking an active leadership role, yeah. even though we ran tabletop scenarios with the Trump transition team and left them a pandemic response sheet that they ripped up. So again, yeah. if you want to talk about American leadership, you know, and quote unquote failed American leadership, we can talk about that, but I don't think it suits, I don't think it's, I don't think it's going to play to your hand, you know, knee yeah. Pence.
1: Exactly. Get
0: her, Jake. Exactly. <laughs> so,
1: so the last I heard this was going to be announced next Not this week, but next week.
0: Yeah, it'll be the second full week of August, apparently. But it was supposed to originally be released at some point this upcoming week, which is why I was like, let's talk about it. And I like did my homework. So stay tuned.
1: I can't wait. Uh, I can't wait.
0: Oh, my gosh. So we are going to go over our losers and our legends of the week. And for me, I'm going to start off with my loser of the week, if that's all right, Melissa.
1: Yeah, let's hear it.
0: And for both of these, we're going to do some time traveling. So get in your DeLorean because the first time we're going to go back, this one is only four years. Okay. But we're going to talk about someone who I think is a kind of a loser and I don't like her. Um, Do you guys remember Chewbacca mom? She was the lady, Melissa's already laughing. She was the lady who put the, she bought a Chewbacca mask on clearance from Kohl's Made a Facebook video and it got like 140 million views in like 24 hours or something insane, right?
1: To her credit, it was a funny video. <laughs> it was funny to watch her laugh. You know, it's like when you're watching a video of someone who like cannot keep it together and they're just crying, laughing. It makes you laugh. It was a funny video. Okay,
0: that, that's an opinion. I that that no, you're fine, Melissa. Listen, uh, great Americans can have different opinions. Okay, on this <laughs> issue there are to quote Trump, great people on both sides <laughs> on many sides. <laughs> <laughs> um, I personally didn't think it was that great at the time, but I was like, whatever. And then, you know, she took that 15 minutes of fame. She started selling autographs, selling, selling autographs. And she went on Mike Huckabee show because they went to the same Christian college in rural Arkansas. And, and this is like, I feel like the peace day resistance of Candace Payne, who's the, the name of Chewbacca mom. She, after, remember when like four years ago, there were black, like kind of the, the start of black lives matter, you know, um, after the shooting of like Philando Castile and then the other, you know, situations. Um, I know there was a really bad shooting in Dallas. There was Sandra, Sandra Bland, Blanton or bland, Bland, bland. I'm sorry. But anyways, so all this is going on. So what does Candace Payne do? She uploads a video to Facebook live of her singing, heal the world girl. Stop. But she's like a televangelist and I watched some of her like sermons this past week and she's the kind of like she's the kind of like charismatic christian that like starts off by like like wearing a t-shirt to the like microphone that says like let's taco about it with like a picture of a taco on it. Like
1: I come over you know it. I, I'm glad that I did not know any of this about this woman. I thought that she just created that Chewbacca video and then just disappeared into the suburbs or wherever oh no. she lives.
0: Her husband's a kind of Really? Um, really? I mean, like in a Chewbacca kind of way. We'll leave it at that.
1: <laughs> interesting, very interesting. <laughs> Oh. I like on one hand, good on her for trying to parlay this into whatever she thinks she's going to parlay this mm-hmm. into. Yeah, a, a singing career, a televangelist career. Really unsure. It is unclear to me what she, uh, what her ultimate goal is. Um, but also, like no one wants to hear from Chewbacca Mom about anything. Uh, anything. Absolutely anything.
0: <laughs> so I'm shocked. Well, enough about you know that trip down four years ago, Melissa. Who is your loser of the week?
1: My loser of the week is Louie Gohmert, from congressman from the great state of Texas. And I'm going to get into why he's uh, a continual loser every week, but this week in particular. So he contracted COVID-19, and he tweeted uh, saying that, "Hey, I have coronavirus." And then he said, it was decided the best course of action between me and my doctor was to take um, hydroxychloroquine. Um, you know, and it was, it was the best course of action decided between me and my doctor, not by government bureaucrats. And Eric Swalwell, who I have been enjoying during all of this COVID stuff, because he has gotten very sassy, replied to go and says, Wishing you well, Louie, and thank you for standing with millions of women who don't want you coming between them and the decisions they make with their doctor.
0: <sighs>
1: How about this? You stay out of their doctor's office and we stayed out of yours. Louie Gohmert is a Republican who believes women should be forced to carry unwanted pregnancy to term. Um, and suddenly, very suddenly, he is all about health choice freedoms uh, now that he has COVID-19.
0: And to use my favorite phrase from this podcast, let me be clear, okay? <laughs> Louie Gohmert is not, not a middle-of-the-road Republican. He's not a center-right Republican. He is a far, far, far right-wing, I would even say nut-job Republican. I mean, he is nutty. Okay. I mean, this guy, I mean, I'm sure you've done the deep dive where he talked about how, like, gay people should be put on an island because then they wouldn't be able to procreate. I mean, he's said some really crazy stuff over the years.
1: Yeah, he he's crazy, and he's also just an idiot i don't know like like you have to acknowledge the hypocrisy of you saying this is a decision my doctor and i made but then getting and like you don't want bureaucrats getting in between that which he he's literally a bureaucrat um and he's literally getting the way of people and their doctor when it comes to women's reproductive rights like do you not does he not see the hypocrisy i don't get it but I did some research on Louis Gomert and he has an amazing, an amazing Wikipedia page. Oh, it's insane! Um, the controversy.
0: I was going to say, isn't there a controversy tale? There's,
1: there's an entire <laughs> section dedicated to controversies, and I'm not going to go through all of them. I'm just going to go through a few. There's just too many to cover. I'm just going to go through a few. Um. This one might be my favorite. I'm just going to read it verbatim. Uh, Gohmert was one of three Republicans who called for the resignation of Robert Mueller on the grounds that they believe Mueller cannot conduct his investigation fairly because of his relationship with James Comey. In a June 2019 interview with Politico, Gohmert referred to Mueller as an "quote anal opening," end quote. <laughs> Which is so like so unnecessary. It, it just, <laughs> I'm specific choice of words. He's not an asshole. He's an anal opening.
0: <laughs> oh my God.
1: Um, And then there's uh, another controversy. The, the uh, heading for this controversy is Terror Baby.
0: Oh, uh, this one's good.
1: In a speech about national security made on the House floor in June 2010, Gomer claimed that a retired FBI agent had told them that one of the things the FBI had been looking into were terrorist cells overseas sending young women to become president, to become president, to become pregnant, <laughs> <laughs> to become pregnant so they would deliver the baby in the United States and then take the baby with them back to be raised as a terrorist. And he called them terror babies, which- oh my God is not like not a thing at all um so yeah he's just he's ridiculous he's my loser of the week just uh, yeah
0: that's an excellent choice excellent choice uh i so my legend of the week is gonna require everyone to time travel back not to 2016 but to 2006 okay we're gonna go back to the year that Dick Cheney shot a man because my legend of the week, speaking of vice presidential picks, is, in my opinion, the ultimate vice president, Dick fucking Cheney. Okay, Dick, for those of you who don't under, don't know, or for our younger for younger listeners, Dick Cheney, when he was sitting vice president, shot another man while he was vice president. And here's the thing. There's so many great stories about this. Basically they were like quail or pheasant hunting and the Harry Whittington who believe it or not was one of the few uh, trial lawyers in the state of Texas that was actually a Republican. So trial lawyers usually are Democrats like plaintiff's counsel, personal injury type lawyers. Um, This one was a Republican though. and was a big Bush backer. He donated tons of money, was a big Republican donor. So him and, him and Cheney were out pheasant hunting and Cheney shot him right in the face. And the best part about the story for me, and then I want to hear about, about what you, what you told me about Melissa. Cause I, I didn't remember recall that from the movie uh, vice, but my favorite part about this is that after the incident happened that weekend, Dick Cheney went dark on the white house comms team. So, Normally, like if some sort of crisis like that would happen, you would think that your vice president would want to be in touch with the White House press secretary, the White House communications director, the whole team, letting them know like, hey, this happened. We need to do damage control. Like it was an accident. Like, you know, put out a statement for me. Oh, no. Dick Cheney didn't have any communication with them all weekend long. And so like at the time, I think Nicole Wallace, who I actually really like on NBC, she was serving on the White House comms team at the time. She was like, oh, it was ridiculous. The whole thing was ridiculous because we didn't know what was going on other than what we were hearing second nature. You know what I mean? Like second hand, not second nature, second hand from all these other like local outlets in Texas, because we didn't know what was going on. She was it was a nightmare.
1: Yeah, that doesn't make any sense. Also, what doesn't make any sense and my favorite part of the story is that the guy that he shot was the one that apologized. <laughs> I'll never get over the fact. That this guy apologized for getting shot in the face by the vice president
0: by the vice president Dick motherfucking Cheney.
1: Um, and I mean, I, I, people say that he wasn't where he was supposed to be, but I've also heard accounts that, um, like Dick was just being ag- aggressive with what he thought was kind of his range of shooting. I don't, I don't know. There's multiple, multiple accounts. Regardless, you think that even if it even if this guy jumped in front of Dick Cheney and he shot him with a shotgun even if it was 100% this guy's fault you think Dick Cheney would still maybe apologize
0: yeah accidents happen we we've said things on the podcast that we've apologized for
1: we we have <laughs> <laughs> and this guy I, I mean he was shot by a shotgun um and i think he still has a lot of i don't know what they're called like when the, when it's the little
0: pieces in him, yes, the, the bits and pieces in his nooks and crannies,
1: yes, and like he had this guy, this poor guy had a heart attack like the following week after being shot in the face. I, this I don't know. So I don't know.
0: Dick Cheney's my legend of the week. We're doing a th- I was doing a throwback theme this week with Chewbacca, Mom, and Dick Cheney, two American <laughs> icons. So who is your legend of the week, though, Melissa?
1: So my legend of the week is kind of a weird one. It's Arnold. Schwarzenegger, which, I yeah, go figure. He, I'm gonna read this comment that he posted on Facebook and it was from his like verified account. Uh, I can't, like I saw some screenshots of it. I can't see the original post, but I don't need to see the original post. I thought that his comment was just amazing. So I'm gonna read it for you, okay? I never mind picking, okay, sorry, let me take a step back. Somebody commented and said, stick to lifting and making movies. Snowflake is a title you do not want. And Arnold Schwarzenegger replied to this guy, his name has been blacked out, unfortunately. (laughs) Arnold said, I never mind picking up new titles. Mr. Universe, Mr. Olympia, Terminator, Governor. If you want to call me Snowflake, that's fine. It would have been a, a fantastic Mr. Freeze line. But let me give you some advice. If you're going to call somebody a snowflake because they believe in a different policy than you, you might want to look in the mirror. When you see an idea you disagree with, you can get angry or you can learn. I recommend you research and learn and grow. You can still disagree. That's the best part about being American. But at least you can disagree with evidence and analysis. We can all be better if we simply don't react. Pause, reflect, learn, and then decide if you still want to call somebody a snowflake. Good luck with everything.
0: Um, I would pick up my mic and drop it right now, but I needed to say this. Mic drop. <laughs> what a clap act.
1: Right? Right? Um, I thought that was so eloquent, so well put, and I think Arnold Schwarzenegger has always been a very reasonable person, a very likable person, um, and I, I, I love that he took the time to respond to this uh, this troll that thinks everybody's a snowflake. Um, so he's my legend of the week. I love he's my that. legend, and l- unless we forget, Arnold Schwarzenegger is an immigrant. He came here from Austria. He has said himself he came here knowing barely any English. He won a bunch of uh, body, what are they called?
0: Body, 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 body positivity positivity (laughs) contests.
1: He, he won a bunch of titles, right? Mm -hmm. And then he became a famous, very famous actor. He -hmm. became governor of the state of California, the largest state in the
0: country. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And And an incredibly
0: democratic state at that point. And he won as a Republican. Yeah.
1: Exactly. So I, I think people hating on him is just ridiculous to begin with. Um, and this guy the audacity of this guy to call Arnold Schwarzenegger a snowflake? Are you kidding me? Anyway, he's my I legend did. of the week.
0: I love that. I love that. I love that. Well, it has been an amazing episode. Um, here we are at the been. end of it. It's been great. And I just want to thank everyone for listening. And uh, we uh, hope you uh, tune in next week. Bye. All
1: right. Bye.